0: Work Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Welcome back to Work Stories. Our next guest has had 25 jobs. Yes, 25. And she's only 32. But those experiences led her to found her own baking business and lean into a passion that was already there. Let's talk to Javon.
1: Tell our audience who you are. My name is Javon. And I am fondly known as the Baker Joe. I am the owner of Good Mood Treats, a specialty bakery located in downtown Greer, South Carolina. We ship nationwide and do local pickup orders. You can also find us in a couple of coffee shops around the area.
0: Nice. So I'm going to tell y'all I've had these treats and I was automatically in a good mood. Yes. So i that's my testimony. So starting off, I just want to tell people, Javon was one of the first... First people to submit a story for Work Stories is before we had a podcast. She submitted a video. You can find it on our website if you want to see the original video. So now you're a business owner, but in the video, you were talking more about other jobs that you've had. So kind of tell us how you got here.
1: Yes. So I have had so many jobs throughout the years. I would say we graduated, what, 11 years ago, and I've had about 25 jobs since then. 25 jobs? At least. 25 jobs. At least 2 a year. I am oh not lying. Gosh. I oh switched jobs God. twice a year since 2011. I was in a really bad spot back in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. I was working as a credit counselor, which I did love to do. I love to counsel people. I, you know, love to talk to people, but I was dealing with a lot of stress from that job from upper management, my direct supervisor. We were just at odds constantly and that that really propelled me into working for myself and finally doing it. I said I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own business for so many years, but I never sat down and made a plan to do it. So that job really pushed me into this entrepreneurship. So tell us,
0: I'm just still on the 25 jobs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I I can't move on quite I yet. So you talked about being a credit counselor. What other types of titles did you have over the course of these jobs?
1: Okay, so I was a 401k Specialist for paychecks. I worked countless customer service jobs for hotels, for other payroll companies. (laughs) I've also been a debt collector for at least seven different companies. (laughs) (laughs) I was a litigation specialist. I've worked in retail throughout the years. I've worked as a server plenty of times. I have done So many different things, but everything was always customer service based. And not one job was in journalism, which was my major.
0: Of course. course. It always works like that. And it sounds like a lot of these jobs are like finance
1: based. Absolutely. So
0: you're like a math girl.
1: (laughs) A lot of people may think that I know how to navigate math, but I wouldn't say I was a math girl. It's just something that is ingrained in me. My father is a financial advisor. so I grew up watching the stock market. I grew up knowing like those financial terms. so it's like mm. second nature for me.
0: Out of all these jobs, like I obviously you've had so many different experiences. you can't tell us all of the stories. What are some experiences that stand out to you? around whether it be the age that you were, being a Black woman, being yourself at work? Like, what were your
1: experiences? One that instantly came to mind was when I worked at a radio station in Virginia. I actually had interned there during my time at Hampton University. And then once I graduated, they offered me a position. I was a billing assistant and I also did voiceover work while I was there. But a lot of times it felt like I had to kind of fight respect because they still saw me as an intern in some sense. I remember one time I was working in billing. We received a check and the check looked fake. And I just went around all day. I'm like, this check is fake guys. Like I'm not going to deposit this. So I had like three different sales execs yelling at me. I had the general manager yelling at me. I spent four hours tracking down that check all the way to Beijing and it was a fraudulent check. So <laughs> at the end of the day like everyone had to kind of like eat their words and apologize to me and you know I looked at wow. them I accepted the apology and I left for the rest of the day. That's how I tend to move in a lot of these jobs that I've had. I tend to kind of do what I want and I don't like to play by the rules. So that's why I've had a lot of turnover if you will because I just once someone you know is combative with me and is going at me I'm like you know what I don't need to do this I have so many other things that I can be doing and I'm going to do those things
0: I feel like a lot of people have the opposite problem they're too afraid to do that like they'll stay in situations that are sick Like so long and then they'll go to another job and then that job will turn toxic and then they'll stay in that too long. People tend to seem like nervous to leave situations. Now, granted, we have to acknowledge to be able to quit something without a plan in place is privilege. Very much. So we'll acknowledge that. But even people I think who have the privilege to do that, who could figure that out, who could make a two month plan to escape, still hesitate. What is it about you that you have the confidence to just be like, nope, I don't have to take this. I'm going home. (laughs)
1: Well, I think it's because I've always had this rebellious spirit and I've always knew that God has something greater for me. It definitely helps that I have parents that support me more than a lot of people's parents. I'm 32 years old and still kind of call my parents for everything for advice. We're best friends. So I always had that safety net. So it's easier to take a risk and jump off a ledge when you know you have a little net underneath to catch you just in case. So I think, like you said, you spoke with privilege. I think that is a, a really big privilege that I was blessed with. And also just me being a risk taker. I've always been like that since I was a young child. If I didn't like something, i I moved on relationships, jobs, friendships. That's what I tend to do.
0: Yeah. So when you were at these jobs and they, you know, started being horrible (laughs) and I don't know how soon that happened. I don't know if you like started the jobs, they were horrible from the beginning and you were making an exit plan in month one or, you know, I'm sure each of them was different. But like when you were in jobs that you were actively hating, what did that feel like for you? It felt
1: like I was suffocating it really felt like every day I woke up, there was an anvil on my chest and I couldn't breathe. I felt severe anxiety and it literally made me want to kill myself. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but because I'm such a creative, because I'm someone that has To be in a space that allows me to be me. Being stuck in corporate America literally made me feel like I was dying.
0: Yeah. People use the term like soul sucking a lot, but... It sounds like that was like literal for you.
1: Yes, I called in so much. If I didn't do such a great job, I would have been fired for my attendance easily because I'm definitely a person that will use all my vacation days within the first 6 months instead of going there and showing up in a really bad mood. I'd rather just stay home and deal with my mental experience.
0: How do you think like being someone, you know, who isn't going to stand for that? What did that look like in the workplace for you because you're a black woman and they're already kind of waiting for you to have an attitude and all of of the stereotypes.
1: When I first get a job in the first three months, I'm a very happy person. Even now, people call me smiley when they walk into my business because I'm just a cheerful person. So when things start to switch, or if I have to advocate for myself, that's when people put their guard up immediately with me. Mm. I was once told when I was advocating for myself and I was speaking just like this, they said I came in there with boxing gloves on and as if I was punching them in the face. And Uh, I, I, I wasn't. And so I always felt like I had to not only prove myself, but I had to navigate through these conversations because white people, white women in general, they like to feel sympathy. And whenever you speak up for yourself that's when they cry. And I was met with that constantly. There was a situation that happened my last week at that job as a credit counselor. And my boss felt like my teammates didn't feel connected to me because I was always talking to other departments, a.k.a. The departments that had mostly minorities in them. Mm-hmm. So she called a me- two meetings with me. I met with the executive director and the CEO, all because I'm not friends with these people on my team. So you guys don't pay me to be friends. You pay <laughs> right. me to do my job. What
0: is the whole thing about needing to rub everyone's ego at work? It's like, now I've got to talk to you about your kids and like your weekend and like. Maybe we should go have lunch together and I have to spend my lunch break with you or like after work. Why?
1: I I don't want to do any of that. That's exhausting. (laughs) Just hearing you talking about it. I don't want no parts.
0: And it's like, and a lot of times it's not personal. It's just like, I work with you all the time and I have a life outside of this and I don't need to hang out with you. Like I have friends and family and like other people to be with why would i just be with you but it's like the, an obsession
1: it's like i can relate more to diamond than i can to sarah i'm sorry right <laughs> and it kind of just reminds me like
0: of being a kid especially when it was like majority white situations and there are you know black kids brown kids and they want to hang out together there was like this effort to like split uh, yes. Split up the brown kids. It's like, oh, not everybody can be together. You need to mix and mingle, like as if the world isn't gonna make us mix and mingle enough.
1: Right. <laughs> when we gather together, they really get nervous. I actually going back to the radio station. There was three black people that worked there, including me, and we had like this open door policy in our business office. Me and my manager. Who was black as well? Anybody can come in, close the door, talk to us. It, it was like a therapy room. But whenever it was all three of us black employees, we would hear a knock at the door. Uh, excuse me, can you keep the door open? No lie, it's crazy to me that that they would do that to us, as if we we were plotting our slave escape. What? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> How
0: are we going to overthrow the company? (laughs) Honestly, though, sometimes we might be talking about how we're going to overthrow the company.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. We definitely... We were talking about all of the crazy convoluted things that was happening that even
0: if that was happening it was still gonna happen whether it happened at work or not like people have phones and can text and call each other and see each other (laughs) people are gonna hang out if they want to hang out yeah i noticed that's like yeah it's always trying to like break people up and it starts as a kid and then you're an adult and you're like are you trying to make me hang out with people and i'm 30 something years old this is crazy it
1: doesn't make sense i highly doubt other groups people have to go through that like it's it's insane to me
0: yeah so you are a mom yes (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, okay shout out to all the moms out there who their voice gets all cute like that when you mention (laughs) that they their child
1: Um, Yes, we do how old is your child he is seven years old and he is the best kid in the world I know you guys never heard anyone say that before (laughs) about their kid
0: through this time when you were working these jobs and and now you're a single mom right yeah what is it like to spend eight nine hours at a job you absolutely hate that you feel is soul-sucking and depressing by your own accounts and then come home and have to mother a tiny human
1: that took a lot of work to navigate through like I said I'm definitely very blessed that i have a village and you know a lot of times my parents will pick up jackson from school or you know help me out my mom will make a meal drop off food so i won't have to cook but that was not often that was just when i really really needed it like on those days where i felt like i was fighting everybody at work and then i had to come home and put together a costume for jackson make dinner help with homework it's a lot but when you have a child And you know that you're the only person that they have. You just kind of gain that strength and you just do what needs to be done. I really try my best to not bring work home with me. Mm -hmm. So really make my home a safe space. And I never wanted Jackson to see that mommy was broken down by some people at work. Yeah. I never wanted him to see that. So. You know, it was difficult, but we got through it and we're still getting through it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard because work is such a big part of our lives as adults. And it seems like almost impossible to shield our children from all of it. I mean, we knew as kids, right, maybe not seven. But you know, at 11, I feel like I definitely knew if my parents had a hard day, or I might overhear them talking about something from work, or right. like, I, you have an idea of the climate that w- they were in, if they were stressed, if they hated it, if they liked it, if they got a promotion, it seems hard to hide it. And now he's getting older. So I would imagine maybe there was a sense of urgency for you to change your lifestyle. Absolutely. I,
1: I'm not saying, and there was never times I came home and I'm just like, oh my God, what the fuck? But I tried my best to shield Jackson from that because I really didn't want him to see that mommy was so unhappy. I, I know he can feel it because we're very much connected, mm-hmm. obviously. But when he did see me in those bad moments when I was having my my breakdowns, he was just very compassionate. And he would he would ask me like, I would come home and be like, mommy, how was your day? And I, I'm i a very honest parent. And I, I do talk to Jackson as if he's like a little man. <laughs> but <laughs> So, you know, without, without over explaining things to him, he was very aware that towards the end of it, mommy did not like her job. He did see me cry sometimes coming home. And, and that was very hard. It was very hard for me to allow my son to see me like that because I'm a single mom. I, I have to be strong. Yeah. Like I said my kid is a very compassionate, loving kid and he just rubbed my back and said, "You're the best mommy in the whole wide world." <laughs> and it just made things better. Oh my
0: god, he's like a cartoon character.
1: He is. <laughs> like, he is. So,
0: so was there like something specific that happened? Was there a straw that broke your back of like, "I have got to get out of here. I'm not doing this anymore."
1: Yes. What really happened was Like I said, that last week that I spent as a credit counselor, I was in a really big argument with the director, my supervisor, and the CEO. Um, So that whole week of different conferences that I had, that really broke me down. And I told myself, I'm not going to do this anymore. And when I quit that job on the spot, a week later, COVID hit. And I had nothing but time. (laughs) I use that to, you know, my advantage. I I know I've seen a lot of memes that said those people that, you know, made something of themselves or started a business during 2020 are sociopaths because you should (laughs) have been resting. But for me, it was that motivation that I needed for all these years. You know, I've written so many business plans and just never followed through. So all I had to do was go in my journal and I picked baking. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that was the most fun thing for me, so. Okay, that. so
0: you literally did it because you're like, I have fun doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As, well, that's simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those things are just very simplistic things and you just got to go for it.
0: Yeah. And like, I think that you're good at a lot of things. So I think, you. you know, thinking yes, and I could have also seen you do five other things. Yeah. I always kind of wondered how you settled on, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go.
1: To answer that question directly, I sat down and asked myself, Javon, what is something you can do right now to make money? <laughs> and it wasn't writing a book. It wasn't doing a cartoon. It wasn't doing any of those things. It was, I can make a cake and make 50 bucks right now.
0: Yeah. You know, that's honest. I don't know if everybody would have said that. It's like, And it's not like you're not going to make the book or the cartoon or other things. But some things just take so long to see the return. And, you know, you're somebody's parent. Like, you have to support somebody. You don't have the luxury of, like, experimenting (laughs) and, and waiting for the dollar to come. So that's very practical. And you're good at it. And like you said, it's fun. So... Good Mood Treats is like, you do different desserts, but it focuses on cookies, right?
1: Yes. Cookies are my thing.
0: Okay. So what is the favorite, your favorite cookie that you've made?
1: My favorite cookie by far is our apple pie snickerdoodle cookie. And it is a layered cookie of goodness. So... (laughs) It's very involved, and whenever someone helps me make the dough, they're like, oh, this cookie is so involved. It really represents me because I have a lot going on. So (laughs) it's not only a snickerdoodle cookie, it has, like, freeze-dried apples in the base of the dough as well. And then the middle of the cookie is stuffed with homemade apple pie filling. Oh, my God. And it's rolled in cinnamon sugar, so it's just... It's everything you want in a cookie. Okay, I
0: need to try this cookie. I have not tried this cookie, y'all. And I'm like drooling over here. Let let me pick my job (laughs) off the floor. You hear these different combinations and you just need it immediately. So tell us about the name. I mean, Good Mood Treats. Like, are you always in a good mood now?
1: I love when people ask me that because the answer is absolutely not. (laughs) I am a very moody person. And like I said, I was going to be honest on here, Joy. The moods go up and down, but where they stay constant is when I step into the lab or the kitchen.
0: Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. Pinky in the brain over here. Yes,
1: That's how people see me. Like I'm like a little scientist whenever I come up with different flavors, that's where I thrive. So it is impossible for me to be in a bad mood in baking because if I start baking and getting into it, there's this fire that just erupts in me and I'm I'm excited. I'm like, oh, what if I do this differently? And what if I bake it for this amount of time? And I'm just in my element. Yeah, Baking can be stressful. This past week for Thanksgiving, it was extremely stressful. I was up till 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and then back up at 7 a.m. to finish things. But when I see my customer's you know, raving about my treats and standing in line waiting for them. It makes it all worth it.
0: I bet. Okay, wait. I just need people to know the other stuff you have. Just give us a a little teaser.
1: Yeah, I'll give you our top five bestsellers. Um, Top five. So we know it's Apple Pie, number one that sells out every day. Apple Pie cookie. Yes. Apple Pie snickerdoodle.
0: Okay, right. Okay.
1: That's our sweater weather. All of our cookie names have moods. So Mm. that's fun. Um, The number two is our strawberry crunch or our confident mood cookie. Because she's loud and proud. It's a very bright pink reddish cookie. It's filled with freeze-dried strawberries. Cookies and cream. And it's rolled in heavy cream. And more cookies. And more strawberries. It's really, really delicious. I can
0: testify to that one. That's like a favorite. That
1: sells out as well. Number three. It is neck and neck. Peach cobbler, pound cake, cookie, and sweet potato pie stuffed cookie. Those two go neck and neck. The sweet potato pie cookie. What I did with that, I took my grandmother's recipe for her sweet potato pie, and I just threw the whole baked pie into the cookie, <laughs> and then I put a marshmallow on top.
0: It seems like you figured out a way to figure out like okay, the favorite desserts right of a group of people, and then put it all into a cookie, like all the classics.
1: Absolutely, that's what I did. I said I want to. Take something from my family, from my grandmother, my great-grandmother's recipes, and I want to blend it with my stuff. Luckily, it worked out very well. Yeah. (laughs) And Good Mood Treats promotes mental wellness through our treats, through our bakery outreach. With every order, you get an affirmation card, and each card is so uplifting. When people receive that, it is the best part of their day. I've had people cry I've had people post them at their desk, frame them. It really gets the conversation started. So people come to my bakery counter. I say, come for the cookies, stay for the conversation, because most likely we're going to get into a really long talk about mental health. And that doesn't happen enough. And I'm glad that we can have these conversations and have cookies and just be real about it. So Yeah, that's that's what Good Mutrice is about. And especially
0: like you said earlier, having struggles around your mental health that was specifically related to your job. Like, I think it's something a lot of people don't want to not only talk about, but I don't think people want to admit. I think we're all downplaying the severity of our jobs how important they are, how they dictate our everyday, our personalities. A lot of those experiences that have made us who we are are like at work, especially if you are over a certain age. For sure, work has been a big part of your life.
1: Absolutely. You're spending, like you said, 8, 10, 12 hours with these people. And if you're in a toxic environment, of course that's going to break you down. Of course there's going to be trauma. On the other hand, if you're in a good environment, that's going to make you better. It's going to make you want to strive for more and move up that ladder. So people need to be very mindful of their workspaces and where they are. And sometimes you might need to quit that job.
0: Yeah. Be a little more like you. Yeah. (laughs) So being a business owner, I mean, we had people come on here and, They talk about how hard it is, how it's time consuming. What has been your big takeaway from your experience as a business owner, particularly one in like food service?
1: There are so many bakeries. There are so many people that, you know, sell cakes on Facebook Marketplace or selling stuff like, you know, their food truck. So for me, I had to really trust myself and know that no one can execute the way I can execute and really hone in on what I'm good at. There are people that, you know, try to copy me or try to do little underhanded things to kind of, you know, undermine me or my business, especially because I'm a young black woman. I really had to assert myself as a business owner, even though I may not know things, I'm going to, act like I do know sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it and really hone in on what you do best uh you can't get caught up in what other people are saying and what other people are doing you just gotta focus and mind the business that pays you
0: and you'll go far yeah it seems like it's there's a lot of distraction and also just trying to like compete with like an ever-changing market right like What's the hottest dessert? You remember when people were only eating cupcakes? Oh my god! For like two
1: years. It was like 2012 <laughs> or something when people, everything was a freaking cupcake. And I started making cupcakes back then. Right. <laughs> That's when I really started making cupcakes. Yeah. And
0: it's just like, how do you know which trains to get on and which to be like, I'm going to let that fad like go and stick to what I do best. Oh, it's
1: so difficult because people... Expect me as a baker to do everything like you know some people want scones and things like that, and I really have to know what my brand is and what my business represents. I always say there's cookies in my logo for a reason mm-hmm. that's what I stick with, and luckily, I've learned how to play around with my cookies so much that my cookies most likely have more than one dessert in them at a time, so. You're getting the best of both worlds.
0: Okay, so we're in the holiday season. We're in full swing now. And for a lot of people, the holidays are about community, like your loved ones. I know that you have been influenced by your loved ones. Yeah. Particularly ones that aren't with us anymore. That has, you know, influenced the way you bake and the recipes you come up with and, like, the passion you've put into your food. How do you, like, honor those loved ones when you're baking?
1: During the holiday season, like, during Thanksgiving... My grandmother, she's still alive, but she's not here in South Carolina with us. So I like to just give her a call and say, hey, grandma, can you walk me through uh, doing a pound cake? I know how to make a pound cake. She taught me how to make it when I was 18 years old. But just having her on the phone and hearing her voice and keeping her mind active, she's 78 years old, it really meant a lot to her. And that's, that's how I show her, like, grandma, this business is for you because you weren't able to do that. You had to work a job. She had to work at Kodak for 20 years so that she can provide for her family when all she wanted to do was bake and cook. So for me to be able to just make her a part of that still, it makes me Mm -hmm. feel good, but it also really gives her life some type of like, like meaning. Again, a lot of people tend to forget about old people when they get older and, you know, we're all living our lives. So I encourage people, reach out. If your grandparents are still here, please reach out to them. Just call them and pick their brains. They love that. And I love doing that with my grandma.
0: Yeah. For a lot of people, like, this is not a time where they are in a good mood. Let's be honest. Like, they're sad. They're grieving because they're really thinking about the loss of a loved one during the holiday season. They're anxious, feeling a lot of pressure. And to the people who are struggling at this time of year with their mental health, what do you say to them?
1: I say that... You're not alone in it. A lot of people do feel that way. Give yourself some grace. Feel those feelings. A lot of people are like, "Don't, don't feel that way. Don't do no. Feel it. Take inventory of your mind, and then let it go. Navigate through it. Sometimes it's it's really hard for us to get into those modes, and we want to stay in that. But once you really, you know, sit down and and think about everything, get up and do something productive with that. Take that energy and transform it into something that can make you feel good. Like I said, whether that's reaching out to a loved one, whether that's getting up and making cupcakes, going for a walk, try to feel it and then move yourself out of yeah. it. That's what I tell myself. And that's what I tell all my friends.
0: Acknowledge it and move through it. Yep. Um, Javon, so tell us. Yes. If we want these cookies, like let's, <laughs> where do we go? How do we get them? How can we get them shipped to our house?
1: It is so easy. If you know how to order from Fashion Nova. That's Is that the
0: baseline for ordering now? <laughs> not Amazon, not...
1: Nope. <laughs> Fashion Nova. I actually just said that to my aunt who orders online and she's like, I just want to cash app you. Do not cash at me. (laughs) Go to gmoodtreats.com. So not good mood, -mood gmoodtreats.com. You'll see all of our flavors. You'll see some pictures of me, my son, my nieces, everybody that helps me with this family business. If you are in the Greer Greenville area, you can come to 215 Trey Street in downtown Greer and pick up your fresh cookies. Um, They are going to be fresh if I ship them as well. <laughs> but if you are in the area, you can come and get those or order online. Yes. And you can do
0: like different flavors, right? Yes.
1: Yes. We are actually working on that right now so that you can mix and match and create your own mood boxes. So stay tuned. We are praying that's up before Christmas.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for telling us your story and i mean i hope everyone listening do you all feel like you're in a good mood now i kind of feel like i'm in a good mood
1: i'm in a good mood i'm always in a good mood when i just talk about my business and my life because i haven't had a chance to really give my testimony so thank you for creating this platform and allowing us wonderful driven women to have this space to talk thank you of course
0: Entrepreneurship is not for everyone, but definitely something to consider if you find yourself hopping from one job to the next. Make sure you all check out Good Mood Treats at GmoodTreats.com and get your cookies for the holidays. Shoot, order some cookies for yourself. You deserve it. Have a great week. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues